This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Savage. Guys, uh, welcome to today's show. Welcome, guys. Um, welcome to Savage Unfiltered. Uh, I am your host, Michael Gardner. Uh, we have uh, we have amazing guests today, guys. Amazing. Um, been checking out some of his uh, of his work. Uh, he's written a, a lot, a lot of different types of books, uh, different genres, uh, and I want to get into that. I want to get into some of his best-selling books, too, that are on the market uh, on Amazon.com. Uh, we're going to get into that, guys. We're going to get into some of his other work that he has uh, dealt with besides the books. Uh, guys, don't go anywhere. We are trending live here on Twitter. So uh, for everybody that uh, that's on Twitter, uh, you can follow the show at Keep It Savaged. Uh, we're also uh, streaming live here on Twitch, Savaged Unfiltered. Guys, be right back. Don't touch the dial. This program contains subject matter and language that may be disturbing to some viewers. Viewer discretion is advised. Forever. Forever. There we go again. More technical problems. We live in the 21st century. Savage your host, Michael Garner. Alrighty, guys. Welcome to Savage Unfiltered, guys. Welcome. I'm about to bring on my guest here momentarily, but uh, I want to basically tell the listeners here a little bit about this guest. Uh, it's a very special guest. Uh, it's not too often that I run into uh, people uh, such as uh, Mr. Uh, Edward here. David Edward uh, is an author of uh, just about 50 books. If I'm counting correctly, it's about 48. Uh, so well, well, well-known author. author, And also a, uh, a man that served in, uh, in the U.S. Army, a uh, special agent. Uh, that served in the 80s and 90s, guys. Wow. So uh, I want to say thank you very much uh, to, you know, for your service. Uh, I have to watch, you know, the whole sir because I'm, I'm, I'm told by, <laughs> by this gentleman that's an insult. So uh, I want to thank you, uh, Mr. Edward, uh, for your service. But we're going to bring him on right now. Uh, this is David Edward. Uh, I guess we're going to uh, be called uh, Dave. So... Welcome, Dave. How's it going, buddy? Michael, good. How are you, sir? Good, good. See, see now you know what it means. Yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> I understand the whole sir behind the uh, the background there. Yeah, when, when you're enlisted, you learn to use that word um, to, to convey many different emotions. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, I, I wasn't aware, aware of uh, the whole sir, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, why? Why is that an insult to people in the military? If you don't mind me asking. Oh, really? It's it's the greatest joke ever. So you have officers, and then you have warrant officers, both which get called sir generally, and you're required to if you're enlisted. And then if you're enlisted and you get any kind of rank, you become what they call non-commissioned officer. 
And that okay. comes with some privileges, but it doesn't come with the privilege of being called sir. So all of the drill instructors in at least the army, which is where my experience is, uh, you know, they're all, they're all sergeants or better. So they're all non-commissioned officers and every single enrollee enlistee who goes in calls him, sir. I did. We all do. And they're like, don't call me, sir. I work for a living. You know, it's, it's famous movie line. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's true. You learn, you learn cause you have to say, sir, you know, yes, sir. No, sir. Or yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. You know, you have to extend that. They call it a, a salutation courtesy. Um, oh, so you learn okay. to say, sir, because that's all you can say, you know, yes, sir, or, or yes, ma'am. Um, but the undertone of what you might actually be saying is only known to the enlisted, I guess, would be the, yeah. the way to look at that. Yeah, yeah one, one, one second, uh, uh, David. This is, uh, this is Joseph um, running a Joe. little late today, but hey, better late than never. It's okay. Uh, uh, excuse me? Late? <laughs> we were scheduled for 1 o'clock, so I was busy writing uh, – my Liberty Beacon article for the 21st, since bumbling okay. Biden wears blinders to the border, is my piece for January 14th. I write for the LibertyBeacon.com, uh, comes out on every Saturday. But yeah, no, to what you were saying, yes, sir, as opposed to yes, you bleeping moron. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, no, right, yeah, we got it. Yep, that's it. Or other things, but it can be anything you want. Yeah, so that's what. Yeah, so when you know, you know this. Yes, sir. Might not be as crisp. Yes, as you sir. Think. Shove it up your. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I got a question for you, David. Um, I see the uh, the backdrop with many of your books there. Um, if I have it correctly, buddy, uh, how many books have you written? I'm counting. On your website there on 99 frequency there, 48. Is is it about 48 books? You know, yeah, I, I've been saying I've written more than 45. And then uh, wow. someone pointed out to me the other day that it was actually 48. So I'd actually lost track of the count. Um, yeah, that's a lot of books. And for, yeah, frequency99.com, they're all up there. Yeah, that's that's tremendous. I'm looking at all of them. I mean, you have so many different titles in the backdrop there. You know, Panama Red, Prayer Drum. Uh, down ballot, Earth. I mean, missing dialogue. Like, how did you come up with all of these, um, all these titles? If you don't mind me asking. Well, the title, you know, the title. So, what I decided to do, I've only, you know, I I published my first book in uh, February of 2021. So, I haven't okay. even been publishing books for two years. Um, oh, wow. What I decided to do, I'd always wanted to write a book. Um, so during the pandemic, like you know, a lot of us, what are you going to do, right? Um, I was very lucky. I got you know locked into my house where I have my home office. So I just decided to write. And I actually, I got an email from Grammarly about eight months ago. Grammarly is a, a it's like a spell check and a language tool that helps you when you're writing. And oh, I had okay. written, I had written more words than any of their other users in the world over that <laughs> period of time. So it was something like two and a half million words or something like that. Uh, but I just, you know, I, when I do something, I do it. And so I wanted to write books and I've got all these stories. So I wrote the books and told the stories that's yeah that's 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 tremendous uh i want to get into some of your uh you know your time while you were in the military because uh uh you were in the military in the uh, in the 80s and the 90s and we're gonna get a little background story of that um with that but uh and i, I i'm told that you, you you've been on several several tours uh, overseas and uh, there's a story behind that sir is it amazing but sure. let's focus on the books here. I, I want to get into some of your best-selling books. Now, I know the um, uh, the book uh, Atlantis, 
uh, is one of your best sellers I've seen yeah. on Amazon, and it's doing I've got, I've, tremendous. Yeah, I've got two books that could are legitimate bestsellers. I've sold a lot of books, but yeah, the Atlantis book, which I just happen to have a copy of here, the Atlantis Solve book, is doing really well, and then Panama Red, this one. Um, which this is the biggest hit, Panama Red, which is fiction. The the Atlantis book, some people would claim it's fiction, but I stand by <laughs> the fact that it's not. Uh, but yeah, no, the, the Panama Red book, uh, over a hundred thousand copies sold, and it's part of the series um, of uh, six books. So it, it's doing pretty well. It's it's doing pretty well. Well, that's 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 all that's awesome. Now the story behind this uh this this Atlantis book, uh, there is a story behind it because I've seen some of your YouTube videos. Uh, and I also seen some of your uh, uh, your backdrop story to that. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that, sir? Uh, I, I know this yeah. is a tremendous, tremendous story. Yeah. I mean, we can go as deep as as we want to with, with Atlantis. Um, the uh, the so I mean, you asked me the story of of why did I write it? Is that is that what you're asking or? Yeah, yeah, the story behind it. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, or, I mean, yeah, yeah yes, basically, Network, what yeah. I what I tell people is, so um, I'm an old guy. You know, this is a video. Uh, podcast so everyone can everyone has probably already figured that out but i mentioned it if it's just audio and one of the things that happens to old guys is eventually you can't sleep anymore it's just something that happens um so i was up one night and you know you, you watch you know what do you do so pretty soon you discover that youtube has that they're putting more content onto youtube faster than you can watch it so you can go there and lose as much time as you want i was on there watching stupid stuff and, and youtube handed me a video by this guy named jimmy corsetti uh, who has a channel named bright insight and in, 20, in 2018, so five years ago now, because we're in 2023, he had come up with this idea that there's this place in West Africa sure did look a lot to him like the capital city of Atlantis. And it's called the Rishat structure. And he was very compelling in his video. Uh, he actually has a number of videos on it. And I know something about this. I mean, I have, you know, we, I, I mean, to, to kind of dump my background, I, I was a nerd as a kid, so I watched all the... TV shows and read all the books in the 70s and 80s about Atlantis and UFOs and all that stuff. Um, but then uh, I, I transitioned from that into reading all of the ancient Greek works. So I was very well read about Atlantis. I've read all of Plato and stuff. And actually, when I got out of the military, I'm, I'm kind of a platypus because there's not too many people who were enlisted special agents in the military and were part of the team that took down Noriega who also went on after the military to you know, have three graduate degrees, a doctorate in engineering, and I was president of a university for a number of years. Um, so I've kind of, I've just done, I've been very lucky to do a lot of different things. So I, I brought all that into the look when I watched this video that Jimmy had done. Um, I thought he had a compelling argument, but I didn't, it didn't, there were a lot of holes in it. And that's not a crit criticism of him. It's just having a foot on the academic side and a foot on the non-academic side. I, I know what both look like and I wanted to help because I think he's, I think he figured it out. So I just kind of jumped into the space. I, I, I've, con I've been in contact with him. I've talked to him. I've, I wrote the book, which kind of independently verified that he's right. And it provides a lot more detail to the argument that he's making. Yeah. 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 I, I, uh, wow. Tremendous story. Uh, because there's, there's a tremendous YouTube clip guys. I highly suggest you check it out, uh, with some of that, uh, backdrop story to it. Well, you know, uh, also and, just, you know, the other thing, I, I have another podcast and I, I really, I allow a lot of losers and degenerates uh, to be on that other podcast. Um, it's called uh, Focused on Writing. So I don't recommend anyone watch it because it's, it's not interesting at all. Oh, wait, Joe, weren't you on that? Oh, that's right. Oh, you know what? I take it back. I take it back. I, I, I stand corrected. Yeah, thank you for oh. the mention. I was, 
going to ask you, so you've got nothing to do with the podcast called Frequency 99? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I have, I have, I do, I do a podcast where I interview authors like Joe, brilliant authors. Uh, and we talk about their writing process. Yeah. And that's all under Frequency 99, which is the publisher for my books and stuff. Right. And I, yeah. And I've started a new channel called A History Of, which is where I'm putting the Atlanta stuff. But yeah, um, brilliant authors like Joe. Uh, get a chance to talk about their works. And we have a pretty good audience on that uh, channel. Joe, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think your video got, it, it certainly got thousands and thousands of views. I don't remember how many, but it was a it was a good a good uh, watch. Yeah, I've done so many that, they, you know, they start to become a blur. Uh, did we talk about terror strikes coming soon to a city near you or how to write a book and get it published, hints, tips, and techniques, which... Which like did, you were alluding due to the lockdowns, I wish I could have had that book out before the <laughs> lockdowns, but it's post-lockdown encouraging people to put all those ideas they had during lockdown now into writing. Right, right. Yeah, no, we, we talked about tips and technique, and that's, that's the show. The idea of the show is, yeah, if you, if you think you want to write a book or you are write, writing books and you're looking to hear how other people do it, it's it's a chance to get that you know directly from the horse's mouth. It's not just me telling you how what a great writer how, you know, how I write and what a great writer I am. It's listening to other people that actually have gotten books out. Because Joe, as you know, starting a book is hard, writing a book is really hard, but finishing a book is near impossible. I think we actually talked about that when, on our little session. Yeah, yeah. in fact, uh, what uh, the I this how to write a book, get it published, hints, tips, techniques is through yeah. Illumify Media. And uh, the blurb they wrote as part of the synopsis, and indeed, is that it's you know, I don't have it in front of me to, to read it, but yeah, along those uh, having an idea of getting it on paper is difficult enough. Then, yeah, what do you do with it? Where do you go with it? Hey. And a whole other thing, which is why I wrote hey, Joe. That <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Yeah, we we yeah, got went down. No, the no, no. I, I, no, I have to I have to put this on the air, Joseph. I I sent you notation uh, last night with this with this gentleman that was going to come on as a guest. Uh, yes. You didn't tell me there was no interaction between you both. Now, <laughs> now I feel like an idiot because I like I'm introducing well, you to him. Like I'm like, wait, well, you guys I didn't know each other. It now. took me a while to figure it out too, Michael. Don't feel bad. Yeah. I'm sitting. I'm like, I'm like, look, I'm like, I know that guy, and I kept yeah. looking. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, we have done one of these. We've done one of my podcasts. So yeah, well, yeah. well, exactly. yeah. Just to let you know, I, yeah, one I was second, Joseph. Ask him because the yeah. same thing. He looked familiar. I knew yeah. I knew him from a podcast. But I couldn't put together which one either, and that was a, yeah. why I was raising my hand earlier. <laughs> question, well, question. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I, uh, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm clueless now. Yeah, like, well, well, <laughs> David, David, this is this is the gentleman that joins me every Monday and Wednesday. Um, my condolences. He's been such a great, great, great. Up oh, here, condolences. Yeah. Oh God, give me the good fucking one. Trip. Good one. But uh. No, he's been a he's been such a great great asset to this to this team here on Savage Unfiltered. Uh, been with us for like nine months now uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays, and and so much so much knowledge, so much intelligence from this man. You know, obviously he's an author of now two books, and uh, his books are doing very well too on Amazon. Good, but yeah. uh, yeah. they are Joseph. You know, they are. Yeah, you're doing well. Good. And David, David. I'm Joseph the Joke Man Leonard, as Mike calls me. Yeah. Leave, leave the puns, the bad puns, to me. 
You got it. Yeah. So, so David, uh, I want to get into some of your uh, your military background. Uh, you've been all around the world, man. Uh, you, you've been on special, special tours. Uh, you dealt with uh, uh, counterintelligence, I'm told. You know, some of your bio I've been reading. Uh, I've done some little homework on you. Uh, you're not just, you know, your average uh, G.I. Joe, so to speak, in the military, man. You, you've done some, some, some heavy stuff in there, man. You want to get into that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I was a, I was a poor kid growing up and, uh, you know, school, high school wasn't really maybe the thing that I was focused on as, as well as I should have been. So I barely graduated high school. I, I went to a local community college. And it, it wasn't, wasn't happening. It wasn't for me. So I basically dropped out. Um, but I, I felt like I was a smart guy. Um, and I, but I knew I needed to be organized, you know. Um, so the, the, the scariest thing I could think to do, and I'm kind of a pudgy, you know, little 19-year-old um, who was not in good physical shape at all. It was, the, the scariest thing I think it was join the Army, put myself in that. But I knew I needed to because otherwise I knew I was going nowhere. Um, so I did that, and I joined as an 11 Bravo which is an infantry soldier. It's like, it's the most basic um, MOS, they call them. Uh, what does right, MOS right. stand for? What does MOS stand for? Occupational specialty, something occupational specialty. But yeah, so 11 Bravos, which they always need, um, but it was paying, you got a $5,000 sign-on bonus, which was, that was an infinite amount of money to me back in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no so, kidding. So I did that and um, I was overweight. So I wound, I hit what they call fat camp which was a joy. Uh, and fat camp run fat camp runs Monday to Sunday. I got to do it twice. Um, but during that time, they, you take this test It's called an ASVAB test. And I don't really know what it stands for, but it's some evaluation of you. And however I scored, I scored exactly like the conniving bastards that they wanted to put over in counterintelligence, not having the infantry. Um, so, you know, I, I got through two rounds of fat camp in my first week of basic training, which, you know, is like awful. And then they pulled me out and then I had to go do it all again <laughs> well, for the for the other MOS. But that was fine. Yeah. So I did that. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I ended up in Panama in 1988. And if anyone remembers, uh, pretty soon thereafter, we killed all the police, invaded, uh, blew the place up, set it on fire and arrested Noriega. Um, so I was part of that team, which was certainly interesting. And pe what people don't know is the re one of the main reasons that um, we went after Panama was that Noelia was putting in a very sophisticated banking infrastructure. And he was doing that because he had partnered, partner's not the right word, but he was aligned with Pablo Escobar out of Colombia. And at this time, and we got, we got trained on this, Pablo Escobar was making $700 million a day selling cocaine all, all across the world. Yeah. But it's a cash business. So do you know how much $7 million weighs? Just just moving the money became almost oh, impossible it's, for him. It's so, yeah, to launder that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what he did launder it. So yeah. he partnered with Noyega. So what, when Panama today is a, is a big banking hub, but it's because Noyega built that out as a way to start to launder that money. Um, and you and, were the special agent on that, that 1999 uh, Panama Canal uh, assessment, right? Yeah. So we invaded, we invaded in Christmas of 89. Uh, and then the invasion lasted not that long, three or four months before it was relatively stabilized. And then every year we had to uh, provide a report to the Congress on the, the terrorism threat assessment of the canal. So this one right after we invaded was a big deal. Uh, all the important people were busy. Uh, so I, you know, was not paying attention. Everyone else stepped back. I was volunteered to do it and I did it, which was, it was a really cool gig. And then you got to report that 
up to the Congress. Some it was a sub sub subcommittee of something, but still, it was it was um, yeah. interesting. Yeah, Dave. Um, yeah, the Panama operation lasted just a tad longer than the Grenada. Yeah. One. Were you part of that? <laughs> I was not. Matter of fact, I reported to the, the staff sergeant that I reported to was a ranger, and he did drop into Grenada. And he actually, when he landed, he busted both of his knees, and he had to crawl for like three days. Oh. Um, yeah, so he was, you know, he had all the medals and all that. And then he couldn't be a ranger anymore, so he transferred over to military intelligence, um, too. The big, the big challenge with that was he was very gung-ho. Um, so he wanted to go do all of the macho ranger stuff. Um, Hell, he wanted to be John Rambo, huh? He wanted, he absolutely. And this yeah. was a time when they were literally calling themselves Rambos. Yeah, so yeah, exactly, that. exactly. That's why I made the reference. And yeah. you referenced Fat Camp. Uh, I we grew up about the same time. I was coming. I was in high school uh, during the hostage crisis. And me and my buddies had deemed we would indeed sign up if we went to war with Iran. Uh, but then they released the hostage. And of course, hindsight being 2020, we could have walked through Iran. That, yeah. Well, our military wasn't ready because of Carter. But even with what we had, we probably could have walked through Iran then as opposed to the major mess it would be today, especially if they get their hands on nukes. But yeah, I, I would have had to gone through, like you did pre-Fed camp, I would have had to gone through WIMP camp before <laughs> official boot. Yeah, well, the whole thing is WIMP camp. That's the whole, the whole thing is, you know, one of the, it, 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 psychologically it's brilliant. And one of the things they, they hammer into you when you first get there is that you're joining them, they're not joining you. And stuff like that, I found very helpful. Because, you know, as a kid, you know, you're not looking at the world right. And, and, and I certainly wasn't cut out, you know, from a discipline standpoint for the military. But then they, they tell you stuff like that. And you think about it. And you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. I'm joining them. So I got to learn how they do it. And then I have to do it that way. It's not about how I want to do it. Um, so it's, it's – yeah. it, and I was in – I was lucky enough. You mentioned Carter. I was in later. Re, Reagan had rebuilt the military by the time I went in. Um, so we felt like we were pretty high speed, low drag. I mean, we felt pretty good about ourselves by the time we invaded Panama. Um, yeah, which led right into the Gulf War and all that stuff. I mean, we were, we were pretty good military at the time. Yeah, yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about this, uh, this, this assessment mission that you uh, obviously it, it states that you you had to report to to the U.S. Congress at one point. Uh, yeah. So basically, yeah. So the, the the Panama Canal is made up of I think seven locks. I might get that wrong. It's been. 30 years since I did, I did the report, but, um, our, yeah, we and, don't want you peddling fake news here, Dave. No, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. So it's some, some number of locks that might be seven, it's seven plus or minus some <laughs> number it might be zero, might be, yeah. Two. You are an author. You can craft a sentence. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so, so the job in me, it was just, you know, to go to each of the locks in the canals and the big fear, you know, the word terrorism, you know, this is what, this is 1990, the, that, that, what that, word means change some so when we say terrorism we we it, it connotes different things now than what it meant at the time um but yeah. still at the time what we were afraid of is someone like iran or the soviet union because we were still up against the soviet union um would the big thing would they would they could sink a ship and if you if you got a ship to sink just right one of those locks it would be weeks 
you know, to clear it. And then the canal is part of global international trade. So if you can jam the canal up, you can really affect the supply chain of almost all the countries in the world. So that was the kind of stuff that we looked at. And then we yeah. looked at the, the procedures for um, what they call attack vectors. So, you know, if so, someone could sail a boat in that is legit and blow it up, someone, you know, or someone could come at it from a land side and, try, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And the report's just assessing the capability. And it's kind of fun because you get to go not exactly undercover, but you get to go mm. test the, 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 uh, the, um, you know, the different, the security at the different points. Um, and the people that you're testing wow. don't know you're testing. Yeah. So that, that was actually the coolest thing that happened was there were three MPs and they were walking we're kind of in the jungle area. We were on the other side of the fence. And basically we had a script that we had to go through to see if we could get them to, you know, say something they shouldn't say. And they got mad and they actually came out and at gunpoint, um, arrested us. <laughs> so holy and, shit! Yeah, they arrested like, you. They, they arrested. Well, because remember when we do this? Wow, we, we're on the Panamanian side, and we're we're not in uniform, you know. So, uh, they don't so know they actually are. got something right. They got you. I mean, and that is indeed part of under uh, mm -hmm. undercover counterterrorism efforts. It is. It is absolutely to to get to us though. To get to us though, they had to leave their secure area. They left their cover and they unlocked a gate which in our report oh, didn't oh. go as well form as, as, as your assessment of it. Uh, but because uh, our, our point was you could have shot us just right through the gate. Why did you have to unsecure the area? Um, now they were trying to be nice, but you know, whatever. That's just, that's all. I'm sure, I'm sure whoever that was, I don't even know, I don't even know who it was. Whoever it was, I'm sure if they happened to see this, they'd be like, that's the, that's the jerk off. <laughs> whatever, you know, they got me when I was on the stupid tour. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's why people were so upset with Carter. They did not want to relinquish official U.S. ownership and control even though we weren't technically the owners of the canal, that it was a U.S. strategic yeah. interest that could, should, and always be uh, under the direct supervision, control, and security of the United States of America because of the world economics. And he did exactly the opposite. He gave it back. <laughs> he signed the treaty to give it back. Yeah, and we gave it back. 1999 was the last year we controlled it. We handed it over. Wow. Yeah. I, David, I'm blown away. I mean, all this stuff you're saying on the show. Well, you, want, you want to hear the fun stuff? That that, that was No yeah. one's asked me that story. Oh, That's the first time I ever told okay, it. Okay, go ahead. The, the go fun ahead. stuff was in Panama. I did what they call the, the jungle survival training. It's a 10-day course um, I did on the kind of northeast side of Panama. Uh, and the only way to graduate, and, they, they, and you know it's coming because it's like an urban legend, but at the very end, they, they bring in this giant boa constrictor, and then they lop its head off with a machete, and everyone has to drink its blood. That's how you graduate oh from the jungle training school. Ah, so it was like a frat house, and I've never been in a jungle. Well, you know, the only jungle I've been in was uh, in Belize, rafting on a nice inner tube. Oh, well, yeah, the lazy yeah. river, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it, yeah, it, it's like summer camp if Jason Voorhees was the drill instructor, however you want to, you know, <laughs> you put it, 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 it's, it's sick stuff. But, but then what I did is right after that, I took two weeks off and I went into the Dorian Gap, which is um, a very difficult region on the Panamanian Colombian border. And you, yeah. it's actually next to impossible to pass. Um, from north to south. There's a way to do it from south to north. You know, you can kind of do it. But what was interesting there, and this is what got me interested in Atlantis, just to show you how it circles back around, is it, somewhere in there, there's a giant 
a boulder that has petroglyphs all over it. And it, it's a couple days in and, you know, to get only, only a few people are ever going to be able to see it in the world because it's very hard to get to. Um, and when I saw that, I stared at it for a very long time. And, you know, you're in the jungle and it just the, what happens is you're looking at it and you start to realize that the history of what's going on in this place that you think of as having no one ever been in it is, is deep and storied. And then you start to think of the history of the world and all those things. And you start to realize that there's a lot more going on. And our story is probably a lot more interesting uh, than what we tell ourselves from a history standpoint. But yeah, yeah that, I, that was what got me into Atlanta. As far as your authorship, uh, I just want to denote here also, uh, again, shows your competence as an author. You worked in the callback to the Atlantis. Oh, <laughs> well, storytelling, right? You have to have an arc. Yeah, yeah, it's got to go. It's got to go somewhere. I've been deep on the show. <laughs> I've been I've been accused of being a babbler, and I am. But I've learned if at the at the very end you say something you said earlier, they're like, "Wow, genius!" Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been asked on shows, "What's your writing style?" And my response is usually haphazard. That's yeah. why I have to have multiple editors. We we uh the, the most dangerous writing put, style in America. Yeah. Yeah, we have to put periods and commas after Joseph sometimes. He, he sometimes <laughs> doesn't get oh, let me get a word in on the show, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh yeah that's that's hey, awesome. I only got two days on the show. You've got all seven. <laughs> yeah. 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 All all set all seven but I'm constantly helping Shaky here, you know, with the graphics and everything else. But, uh, yeah, Oof. I hear you. I'm telling you. Oh. So uh, anything else that you've uh, you've done besides the uh, obviously the writing of the books and, uh, you know, your your uh, your career with the military? I mean, uh, yeah, how I mean, long I guess... have were you in the military? It's it was a I... while, right? No, no. I was only in for a, about uh, six years. Six years? And you were able to accomplish all that in six years? Well, I wasn't able to. I was I was forced to accomplish. I, I never chose. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh. you get you get a piece of paper and it's just it's a weird. You can tell it wasn't typed by an actual typewriter. You know, it was like early, early dot matrix printers and they're called yeah. your orders. And whatever it says, you go do. And pretty soon you get there and there's a person who feels very empowered to give you more orders. And yep. time passes. Yeah. Yep. Right. Exactly yeah. right, David. They're called orders, not suggestions. <laughs> no, they're not suggestions. Yeah, they're not <laughs> ideas. None of that. No, they're orders. Yeah, but actually, so yeah, when I when I was done in Panama, um, I was supposed to go back to and be. I was actually assigned. I received orders to be assigned to the 82nd Airborne, um, which uh, has 97 Bravos in it. Uh, but those orders then got canceled, and I wound up in Honduras at the Soto Cano Air Base, where I was for six months attached to the DEA. Although I think it was mm. the CIA, but for some reason on post, they all wore jackets that said FBI, which I knew was impossible. Uh, so I, I don't really know who it was. But what, what had happened was I mentioned Pablo Escobar. He was running cocaine. We had partnered. The CIA set all that up. They set Escobar up. They set Noriega up. And then when Noriega decided to do the banking for Escobar and we invaded, all, you know, it had all fallen apart. Um, the CIA had put in place the, the drug program that Escobar was running, where they were basically flying DC-9s loaded with cocaine. They'd fly them up from Colombia. They'd refuel them in the Honduran kind of flatlands, and then they'd fly them into Texas, or I later learned, into Oklahoma, which seems weird because you have to fly over Texas to get to yeah, it. Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas, yeah, all, all those places. Yeah. But they had to refuel, and they refueled in Honduras, so the program was no longer sanctioned, right, because it was all sanctioned. We were, we, were, we, were, we were making sandwiches for them. 
Uh, but oh, then we shit. were no longer making sandwiches for him. So what I, my job was I drove one of three Jeeps and we knew we, we would get tipped when the, we have the intel when the planes were coming in and we'd follow the fuel because that's how you know they had to be refueled. So we had all that intel in place. And then they would land. We would roll up. And uh, they would, you know, all the pointing our M16s and everyone's yelling, never fired a shot. And eventually they come out. Yeah. Oh, it, it, you learn the pattern. You know, they had to sh- they had to save face, but they weren't going to die for for this. You, um, you know, David, it almost it almost re- reminds me of that movie I watched with uh, Matthew McConaughey. Um, oh, shit. I forgot the damn movie. Yeah. But it, the, the yep. Panama thing. You know what I'm talking about, Joseph. Yep. Yeah. I can't think of the name either. And I was going to. Oh, Sahara. Oh, Sahara. I love that yeah. movie, Sahara. Yeah, that's not Panama, though. Oh, oh they, did, they do the Panama move or something like that. Yeah, yeah the they, go, they go to Africa. Basically, yeah, yeah they, they, they lit a fuse on the boat. and Yeah, um, it was a Panama. Yeah, yeah he was like, you better be careful with my boat. Yep. What happened to my boat? Like, yeah, that reminds me of another movie, and I want to get David's reaction to it. But first, the other thing about order, if you screw it up, you screwed it up. It's nothing to do with the concept of the orders potentially being. Oh, yeah. No, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, binary. An- another movie, Clear and Present Danger. Yeah. The Tom Clancy novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, I agree with, I'd like to get your reaction, the notion that once we get a real president that actually is tough and serious with these fentanyl poisonings, that we declare the cartels a clear and present danger uh, and terrorists and prepare coordinated drone cruise missile strikes, no troops needed, it's all GPS now, and hit them all at once. And I don't give a damn about collateral damage because they don't damn, care Joseph. about killing our men, women, and children with fentanyl. Uh, you know, Here's so, what blow them all you. up, right, Joseph? <laughs> what, what I can tell you is that it is true that a many many of the members that are in those cartels are the most ruthless people, evil that, that you'll ever run across, and yeah. they are free to do many many things that would horrify us, but yet they're able to do them. Um, yeah. The solution to it, I don't know, it is, is using our military in Mexico and Guatemala and all this. But is that the yeah. answer? I, I, don't know. No, I don't know. No, no troops, no troops. Yeah. Coordinated drone strikes and cruise missiles all on one day, and I don't give a damn what Mexico says about it. Then you clean up the mess. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, yeah. It's that's a good uh, place to start. We can start there, and then we can we can work our way through. Maybe yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, we're certainly not going to attack China. So our only option is to attack those middlemen. I'd be much more comfortable going after China. They're a big oh, target, and they're, they're, I think they're like the Soviet Union, honestly. I, I think if they had to actually do anything for real, it would all collapse because you can't they, – they, no matter – they will always be fighting a war on two fronts, right? They will always well, be fighting a war yeah. with their, their citizenship and whoever they're mad at. Yeah, so who is I'm it? Not, Martin, Martin Chang read the books, The Coming Collapse of China. I, I, you know, Economically, I, I, we, yeah. hope, we hope if it's within we don't 10 years, collapse it's gonna happen. first – it's gonna, yeah. It's gonna be. Yeah, a, well, it's gonna be a supreme power. It, it really is, uh, guys. One second. I gotta get a quick break. Shaky screaming at me in my, uh, in my ear here. Uh, one second, bye, guys. I'll be right back. Uh, on the show today, guys, we have an author, former 
U.S. Army special agent here on the show, David Dave Edward. We'll be right back to conclude this uh, this episode. You've made iHeartRadio the fastest-growing music app in the U.S. Why? Because we connect you to all of your favorite music and radio stations in one free app. And this fall, prepare to take control of how you listen to the radio. Replay. That song on your radio you just can't hear enough? Immediately replay and sing along again. Save. Save the music you love on the radio directly to your playlist. Play. Search for and play any song on demand. Skip. Unlimited skips. Offline. Take the music from your favorite stations offline. Introducing iHeartRadio Plus and iHeartRadio All Access. Your radio now on demand. I prefer to have my smartphone actually be a partner. Is iHeartRadio and TuneIn Radio. Those are both great. Joseph, I don't know how you got in that uh, that voice here. We were supposed to mute you, but uh, it's uh, I'm telling you. Anyway, back to the show here, guys. Uh, I want to thank uh, iHeart for uh, sponsoring the show. Also, want to thank iHeart for uh, allowing us to to basically uh, uh, bring this podcast on iHeart Radio. So, guys, if you missed the live stream here on Twitch and uh, Twitter, uh, you can catch this episode on iHeart, Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon Music, Audible, or anywhere you hear a podcast for that. Oh, matter. we're on Twitter Live again? Oh, God. Are the snowflakes tweeting in again like the other probably, day? Probably, <laughs> probably. Probably. You don't have to do a lot of bots. Joseph, yeah, there a was lot a of show, we, the show that we did the other day, and even Marjorie Taylor Greene chimed in. Uh, yeah. regarding the, the show on the uh, Twitter. And the snowflakes, of course, had a meltdown. <laughs> yeah, look at the, what they're saying now. They're giving me these fake fucking shit on the show. Stop with this freaking fake fucking bot shit. I can't stand this garbage. They're all over the place. Spam, spam, all this spam. Stuff. Telling yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. It really is. But uh, we're back here well, on the show here with uh, David Edward. Is David, I have to get the things right here because obviously I got yelled at uh, by David here in the green room before we started. Uh, don't call him sir. So I can't call you sir. So should I call you David or should I call you Dave? You know what? Whatever you're most comfortable with. Most people are lazy, so Dave is shorter. So that works okay. just fine, yeah. Yeah, well, you always want your pen name, whether it's your legal name or not, to be used, obviously, for your promotional value and i always have to go with joseph m leonard because there's a joseph leonard in north carolina so yeah but yeah joseph your buddy call me whatever you like just not late for dinner right david that's that's true that's true joseph your buddy over there in detroit uh from wham radio derek man he's calling you leonard He's like our good buddy, uh, Joseph Lennard there. Yeah. Ed Bondarenko over you. there all, always used to do that, too, and he catches himself on the show and says, yeah. I need to stop doing that. Yeah. yeah. So so any uh, any new future uh, books in the making there, uh, David? Absolutely. So I have the book out, Atlanta Solved, that we talked about. Um, I have a Western that should be out. It should have been out by Christmas, but I'm I'm not quite fi- finished with it yet. And you know, we we all know you can't rush, you can't push a rose. Those gremlins, I'm telling you, man, the gremlins. 
And then yeah. after the, after this Western comes out, my next book, which I my goal is to have it out by this 2023 Christmas, is going to be called um, Fingerprints of Atlantis. And it's basically taking the YouTube channel that I have, A History Of, um, and it's going to take the Atlantis story that I started in the Atlantis Solve book, which just focuses on one location, and it's going to basically outline the entire uh, analysis and everything we've done and what we think fits with current history on what probably was Atlantis. Yeah, thank you, David, for making one of the points in how to write a book and get it published, hints, tips, and techniques, yep. deadlines, and contracts. A book is never finished. It right. can always be reworded, reworked, something added, something taken out. Uh, so don't set deadlines till you've got your draft really ready to go to a publisher before you sign on the dotted line. And yeah, don't put that pressure on yourself. Let, you know, you want the book to come out like you want it. But again, they're never done. Like how to write a book and get it published, hints, tips, and techniques. I have to put follow-up articles of yeah. things that I would have put in there to refer people to, like tinyurl.com. You know, Joseph, they finally they finally got my book on softcover after like three days. You know, the, the, the e-Kindle book, uh, that and was available those. on Amazon. And yeah, then they put the soft delays. cover right after that, three days later. it's. I'm still terrible. waiting for how to write to yeah. matriculate over to BNN, Nook, and Apple eBooks. But yeah, so tinyurl.com slash write and publish supplement. You don't even have to buy the book. You could see some tips, hints, tips, and techniques in there that should have landed up in the book. You got misput uh, you left out that I now refer people to as bonus material. I'll have to check it out because, I mean, I'm, I guess this will be my 49th book according to Michael's count. And I've, I've always said, you know, my best book will be my next book. And, I, you know, it maybe, Joe, if I start to use some of your notes, I can actually achieve that. Because uh, based on the feedback I get, I have yet to finish a book uh, per your criteria. It's right, yeah. You, you, uh, and there comes a point where you have to say, I'm satisfied enough with this. And the right, there's no such thing as perfect. No, I know. Well, I, I get the reviews that the people have uh, assured me that you're right about my books on that. There is no such thing as perfect. Yeah, there's no <laughs> such thing as perfect. And I have to say, Joseph, a man of 49 books, right, is now taking notes. Did I hear this correct? He's taking notes from a guy that only wrote two books. Well, I've written oh. many. It's Sorry, just I have to put two, that only there. two are internationally yeah, but his books are pro His books are good. Oh, his books are phenomenal. Terror yeah. Strikes coming to a city near you. I mean, is yeah. I, I I read it. I I ordered another one, Joseph. Uh, so you're welcome. I had to order it for my uh, my aunt, which is a uh, a former uh, Marine of uh, 30 years, retired as a warrant officer. Uh, wow. She wanted to know exactly her, what was in that book. Yeah. What's that? You got to call her, ma'am. Oh, I called her, ma'am, and she yells at me. Don't you fucking call me, ma'am? Was she, you said she, was she was she a warrant officer or what kind of was a warrant officer or officer? A uh, warrant officer. Say? Okay, yeah, I think you call them chief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah, yes, they don't oh, be called ma'am. Oh, oh hold on. Uh oh, we can't do that anymore. Cultural appropriation. Oh my chief? god. Oh. The oh, snowflakes on Twitter are gonna melt down again. <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, it's true. I, I couldn't I, resist. I, 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 yeah. well, so as, as, as late as 1999, you were supposed to call them chief. What do you call them today? I don't know. Well, 
Well, I have to I have to address her as my aunt, even though she was in the military, and then my uncle retired as a captain. So I can't call him captain. I have to call him as my uncle. So you know, it's, yeah. It's... <laughs> Essentially, yeah. So the the enlisted motto, what is it? It's, it's if it moves, salute it. If it if you can't if it doesn't move, pick it up. If you can't pick it up, paint it. That's yeah. that's that's there you go. The off your officers won't yeah. know anything about that, but that's yeah. yeah that's, well, that's Michael, true. you need new terms. Aunt and uncle are sex specific now. We can't have that either. Got to be gender neutral, right? Dealing them around the holidays is a fucking bitch, Joseph. I tell you that, man, because they're like, they they they've been retired from the from the Marine Corps for like almost fifteen years now, and they're still like, they still have that military mentality in them, you know, where, you know, it comes right out of their voice, and you know, I, I, that's okay, but you know, when you're around family, you know, take it down a little bit, <laughs> yeah, but. David, uh, it's been a, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been great talking to you, uh, knowing about your books, uh, knowing about, uh, you know, your military status, your career there. Uh, great. I want to thank you first and foremost, uh, for serving this great country, even though it's a, uh, it's a nation in decline, uh, as Joseph and I mentioned on, on the show, a lot of, a lot of times here. And now is the time for you to drop your book title, Mike. Uh, I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna drop it a little bit, Joseph. Uh, we got a little bit here after we depart here with uh, with with Mr. Edward. But uh, uh, right. David Edward, uh, for my listeners that want to know a little bit more about your books, um, a little bit more about your military career, if they if they're you know curious and everything, where can they find you, pal? Uh, the easiest way is go to frequency99.com. It's a website. The nines are numbers, frequency99.com. And it's got links to the podcasts and the books and there's some contact information. You can't quite get a hold of me, but you can get to my handlers um, if uh, you got a message or anything. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're good, one of them stuff. fancy authors. You actually got a publicist, huh? I think successful was the word I would use there, Joe. <laughs> 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, David, it's been it's been great having you on the show. Uh, you know, guys, uh, you, you heard you heard the man himself, an author of 40 plus books, uh, uh, a former U.S. Army special agent. Uh, wow. Uh, the caliber of this gentleman is is unreal. David, thank you very much for joining Savage Unfiltered, buddy. And you have a good rest of your week. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Joe. Very first five minutes. Very professional. Yeah. All right. It was great Take seeing it. you again, David. Great seeing you again, too. Great seeing you again. All righty. So, you know, uh wow. What 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 a gentleman. What a gentleman. What a, what what a great guy having on the show. Uh Yes. Yeah. Joseph, uh we've been trying to get him on the show for quite some time. Uh we were actually supposed to have this guy back in uh October of last year, but with, you know, schedules and my schedule and his schedule, I mean, it, it was just a little difficult. Uh, yeah. his, uh, one of his agencies that uh, that deals with, you know, a lot of his work uh, kept on reaching out to me all the time. You know, uh, you know, are you available? Are you available? Are you available? We hear so much great things about your show. And I'm like, ah, oh, we got to get him on, you know. So Yeah, that's one of the things in how to write a book and get it published, hints, tips and techniques, marketing Podcasts are, of course, a key nowadays. They're a must. You have to do them. And it is difficult. You, you know, 
I've got this day. Well, I don't have that. Well, how about that? No, that don't work. You know, there's a lot of back and forth haggling because there is indeed, you know, it's tough to fill those gaps. And you, you don't want to do 10 a day, obviously. You know me. I've, no. I've had as many as four podcasts on a day. And, you know, yeah. it, it, it's draining uh, to do that many, you know, and. It's it's training for me. I'm I'm go. I mean, I've done like seven shows last week uh, with Joseph. Two, uh, Soslin. I've had like three or four in between with him, uh, both on my show and his show. And then I had uh, uh, two shows with my friend Kathleen, uh, which she was uh, actually very very comfortable of getting on camera showing her uh, her bikini, which was kind of nice to see. You know? <laughs> I hope you guys checked that out. Kathleen was at the, the fucking poolside yesterday. I like we Kathleen. were talking about politics, yeah. Yeah, I like Kathleen. She's great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. shaky. What are oh. you doing? You're supposed to put him on me next. <laughs> crazy, crazy. So, so Whoa, Joseph, what do you think? Of, yeah, what do you broadcasting? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think of uh, what do you think of the video podcasting? You know, uh, you, Joseph's been wanting video podcasting for like the last eight, nine months. He's like, you got to get on video. You got to get on video. We're on video now. So yeah. obviously it's a lot better, I think. Oh, yeah, because you get an option. People can watch or you just have the sound on, walk away and just listen. But you, yeah. you can't see something that isn't there. You can yeah. listen yeah. to something that's a video, but you can't see video on an audio yeah. Well, I was get this, Joseph. I was doing the uh, the split screens like we were doing right now, you know, with shaky handling the split screens, you know, putting, you know, giving people the respect at floor and everything. And I was doing it with sauce like as a test feature last week. And sauce was like, what's wrong with your camera? It keeps on going in and out. I was like, oh, you don't understand Hollywood. It's OK. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. That's right. You know. Not only now, again, do you you still need to mention your book, but you need to mention the movie set you were recently on. Oh, again. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll mention that. But I wanted to give uh, Mr. Edward the uh, respect to floor time because, uh, guys, we had a very, very interesting guest on just, you know, a couple of minutes ago. And uh, some of his background, some of his books that he's written, I mean, he gets into everything joseph he gets into it on a political scale he puts a little sci-fi into it with the atlantis and yeah. you know other stuff and i mean it's tremendous some of it the really it really piqued my curiosity because he's mentioned he's writing a western yeah so yeah I, I i love that uh idea of you know not being so you don't get pigeonholed right you know like clancy yeah only writes those clancy type books uh yeah so people have so many more stories so why not share those rather than indeed you know there's obviously a lot of authors i i could see that david edward does it because he loves writing he's got stories to tell and he wants to share them. you know has an author, author joseph how does he come up with this stuff as an yeah. author like you're an author i'm an author now how do people come up with different genres i was yeah. about to ask him that and i'm like shit i forgot to ask him that yeah but, well, I, i'm gonna ask you joseph you're an author buddy 
How yeah. do you come up with different genres and different well, categories? Like, like I've said, almost everything I write comes to me through a dream. And, you know, in how to write a book, hints, tips, techniques. Uh, yeah. yeah, I discuss everybody's inspirations will be different, how you come up with it. But some authors, unfortunately, do only one genre out of greed, whether yeah. they're, they're direct sequels or not. They were establishing, you know, an audience in that one area. And if you like book A and B, you're going to buy through D through Z. But yeah. I respect the hell out of David for doing oh, what yeah. he's doing, how he's doing it. And it's how I intend to be as an author, too. Whatever the story is, different stories. Uh, over my lifetime, I've indeed written uh, drama and sci-fi and you know, uh, uh, all different genres. Uh, but of course, people now will at first try to pigeonhole me in like the Clancy Patterson mold with terror strikes coming soon to a city near you. But I have a book called The Gestapo Kidnap File. Uh, it's not about Nazi Germany. It's actually a story of children of Detroit area mobsters who, to break out on their own, learn that a Detroit automotive magnet 16-year-old daughter is being let a little loose, kind of her Robspringen or whatever that they call it in the Amish community and uh, is going to go trick-or-treating. What's it called, Joseph? Robspringen? or something like that. The Amish? Yeah, where yeah. they finally, as teenagers, kind of have a spring break from their rigid uh, standard of environment. But, oh, uh, yeah, these guys, these they think then to dress up as, as Gestapo in order yeah. to kidnap her while she's out. So I, you'd call that a drama, I guess. Now, of course, any book that has anything to do with a Nazi today, after Prince Harry, or as I call him, Prince Whiny, that event where he dropped up, dressed up as a Nazi, if, if you suggest Nazi, you're glorifying them which you know, oh yeah it's ridiculous yeah it is ridiculous uh one second joseph i want to get into a couple announcements that i gotta get i gotta get another break in here guys um uh the book here uh joseph's been trying to have me pitch in i'm gonna pitch it but i always uh, guys I, I i'm a podcaster that believes in giving people the floor sometimes i talk sometimes i don't talk depending on who i have on the show obviously right um guys i, I want to make an announcement here um we were supposed to have a uh a, uh a woman here coming on the show uh discussing uh, about her uh her organization with water we had to switch that to wednesday so that will be on this this wednesday uh, she had canceled uh, last minute uh, on us last night, um, so she will be coming on the show on Wednesday. So you want to check out that at that show out, uh, Miss Dawn Smith uh, from the Giving Water Organization. Uh, you can check her out at givingwater.org. Uh, she has a tremendous story on why she feels that we should uh, preserve water and yeah. why water is being looked at a lot differently now today than it was, you know, 20, Yeah, well, I wrote an article on that. Uh, I mean, access to water is is not 
a constitutional right. Uh, yeah. It's a human requirement, obviously, yeah. and we have to bend over backwards to make sure people can can get food access to yeah. food and water. But it's yeah, not sure. a right. You don't get it for free. And uh, I'm wondering, I'll have to ask her if she's a Pisces, right? Because that's the sign of the water. Right? <laughs> I, I have no idea. We're going to find out. Everything we need to find out on, on this uh, Wednesday show. Also, too, guys, uh, before I get the break in, yes, I know Shaky screaming at my other earpiece because I have a dual set here. I hear, you know, Shaky on this side, and then I hear Joseph and whoever's on my on my show on that side. But, guys, uh, I got to get the – yeah, Chase, uh, I know Shaky. I got to get the breaks in. Yeah, I got it's a lot different doing video podcasting than audio, guys, because I haven't done video uh, – Myself and then Joseph, you know, we haven't been on video in almost, God, almost a year now. It's about maybe six, eight months. But uh, the book, guys, America's Political Warfare, Our Modern Civil War, uh, available in two formats, both e-book Kindle on Amazon Kindle, uh, which, folks, if you have the Amazon Unlimited, uh, you get the book for free. Uh, if That's right, guys. If you have Amazon Unlimited, the plan Unlimited, you will get that e-book for free. If not... The ebook is uh, selling for $6 on Amazon. Uh, if you prefer the paperback, it's okay. I'm, I'm a paper get back. I'm also an ebook guy. You know, wh whichever prefers, you know, whatever you prefer. The soft cover, guys, is now available on Amazon.com as well as uh, Amazon UK and uh, the other marquees there uh, for $12.99. That's right, guys, $12.99. Uh, it's also available at Walmart, Target, Books a Million, and Barnes and Noble. Now, if you go to Barnes & Noble and you don't see it, I'm sorry, guys. It's sold out. Uh, you're going to have to speak to the customer service there, or hopefully they can get some more back in stock. That's up to the company. But, uh, you know, don't freak out. Don't get upset. And you're saying, well, Michael said it's available at Barnes & Noble, but I don't see it. Uh, they may only have six or seven copies, and then they have to restock it again. So, you know. The best, the best approach to buy this book, guys, would be Amazon.com because they're constantly monitoring uh, the stock on that website. So, uh, yeah, Amazon but, is good regarding that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, their reports to us as authors somewhat lacking. But yeah, as long as they, you know, something around for people to buy, they're they're yeah. pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, Shaky's gonna cut us off here for a minute, guys. We gotta get this break in here. Well, one second, guys. It is a myth that terrorism stopped during COVID. Unfortunately, mainstream media opted to prioritize pandemic hysteria over promoting all news. Terrorism continues. Simply hoping that it doesn't affect you is not a strategy. The new book, Terror Strikes, right, coming guys, soon to a city near you. Probably you're like, where's the break? Uh, that one actually is only available on the audio, guys. So uh, <laughs> you'll hear that break uh, uh, during the audio on Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon. Uh, we had to plug it in this way because uh, it's going to be syndicated to our uh, our digital audio on iHeart and all that other stuff. The first one you heard, which was through iHeart, I love them. Uh, that's actually an exclusive, Joseph. So that's a video package for us. So thank you yeah, very much. That's nice. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they're, 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 they're doing very wonders for us, you know. Even though they're on a generally more an audio app themselves. Yeah. Uh, good yeah. that they again, you know, it's like with Twitter now. I, things evolve with Twitter. Everybody's got unfortunately a limited Twitter attention span. It seems these days, but with YouTube, 
every in proliferation with what Rumble, uh, uh, what are uh, Brighteon? I'm on all of them. Uh, Vimeo, uh, I forget them all, but people are more yeah. now, you know. Yeah. So, so Joseph, I have to ask you a question before we uh, continue here, because uh, I got a couple more things here before we close out the show, guys. Joseph. I see you got your green screen back on, buddy, with the terror strikes. I know you wanted that back on the screen, so I'm glad that you were able to do it. Yeah, Streamyard allows that. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, well, the new feature Riverside now. They, does not. <laughs> no, actually, Riverside does allow that, Joseph. That not from my end as a guest in my settings, it wasn't. Oh, then maybe we should stick with uh, Streamyard then, if Joseph wants to pitch in his uh, his uh, green screen. <laughs> yeah, we'll play around, see what you know which one is better. Uh, I I prefer Streamyard over Restream. I think it's just more quality. Oh quality. no, no, I was talking the Riverside. That Riverside crap. Yeah. And no, oh, Riverside. No, 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 no. We're never going back to Riverside. No, Restream is good too. I think Restream allows everybody to have. Uh, backgrounds also so that that's yeah. good too and i like restream because of the ability then i automatically have your show on my youtube channel that way you know yeah. so it, it helps us all cross promote a lot yeah. easier yeah it yeah. all it all helps us cross promote uh guys i'm getting uh shaky passing some notation in my ear um i'm getting uh some uh some on demand that they wanted to hear the uh the idiocy that i had last week on the show guys i think i plugged that more than enough uh, i plugged it on two shows i'll plug it in one more time for you because if you're saying you want to see it uh coming through the blog i'm getting a blog that's coming in through uh, uh through twitter spaces from a gentleman I was speaking to last week, uh, Frankie Marino Jr. Hat tip off to you, sir. Thank you very much for allowing me to be part of your panel there on Twitter Spaces, uh, which he does a podcast uh, every day. Uh, some of these episodes are like 12, 15 hours. Yeah, I, I, I'm tired after 57 minutes of talking right now, guys. But this guy does it for 12, 15 hours. How the hell he does it? Ah, uh, me. I found out a little secrecy. When he gets tired, he passes it along to his wife. When she gets tired, they pass it along to their son. It's 15 fucking hours, Joseph. Oh, well, that explains it, tag team. Oh, God. Yeah. The, longest, he, yeah. the longest podcast I've been on was two and a half hours because, as you know, I, I talk about promoting books. In Yo, you promote life. like hell, Joseph. Yeah. And, yeah, I'll go on anybody's show that'll have me. I've been yeah. on Paranormal Phil's show. Talking oh about, you know, I was on another show talking about UFOs. I'll, I'll go on with anybody. And talk <laughs> UFOs? About, yeah, I'll go on with anybody oh and God. talk about any subject. But one podcaster, it was his very first podcast. I, I wish I could remember the name of the show so you could go look at it. But his very first show. So he had probably three friends and three family members. Right. Oh, God. And we went for two and a half hours because, you know, just one thing led to another rabbit hole and we just kept going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, very first podcast uh, podcasters, remember when we had uh, a guest on not too long ago, Joseph? It was actually his very first podcast. Yeah. That I guy, know where uh, you're seven. going with this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seven, yeah, yeah. A, a whole lot of dead air on that one. <laughs> 
Oh my god! I was like, "All right, buddy, you can talk." Uh, I'm gonna have to take you off the show. I'm thinking to myself, "Yeah, I'm not gonna talk." Yeah, these aren't yes or no questions. Yes or no questions. You need to elaborate <laughs> a little. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, I'll, I'm gonna plug in this video here because they want it, Joseph. They want to see the video. So. All right. Yeah. So yeah, here here here's the video, guys. I might be out. savaged and unfiltered, though, but I do have a heart and I do have morals, okay? And these parents that have these children around this sick, fucking demented shit, they belong in fucking prison, and these fucking kids belong away from these fucking parents. See what happens, Jamar, when you sit back and you watch and you now now he's emotional. Now you realize that this is personal. Don't you see that, Jamar? Instead of just yelling at him? Yeah. You now you now Michael reveals himself. This isn't no, I'm not. Really, something's something's up with you, Michael. No, no, no. I'm protecting. You? I'm protecting kids, and, I, and I'm really doing is. the same thing that Governor DeSantis in the state of Florida is doing. And every He's day, outside governor his house. Do the same governor thing. DeSantis, governor DeSantis is standing outside his house, pissed off and, tell, t t and screaming obscenities about people that you don't know. I don't think so. You're blinded, man. You really are. You are a blind man. You don't see the damn truth. I was outside my house crying my eyes out about an issue that doesn't matter. Like, really doesn't have to do with me. Oh, get this garbage off. Get it off. Get it off my show. Excuse me? You know, he exposed himself as an uncaring human. He only, he's a typical snowflake. He only cares. Me, me, me. What do I want? And I want it now. The neighbor's kids, eh, to heck with them. You know, whatever. Yeah. I, if somebody wants to prey yeah. on the neighbor's kids, that's eh, perfectly oh, fine with him. <laughs> yeah. You notice, Joseph, towards the end of that show, he was asking me, he's like, uh, see, it's personal. Do you see Ron DeSantis stepping outside of his house, screaming up gestures and obscene uh, uh, content? No, I'm stepping outside my house, you fucking moron, because I have family members that are inside my house that are young, and I don't want them here in this garbage. That's why I'm stepping outside. Yeah. Uh, Joseph, I was even being respectful to his platform, continuing with this garbage to even step outside. I should have said, fuck this and just left the show. But I was still being respectful to conclude yeah. the show, right? That's how... No, I, uh, well, I'm glad, glad you took him on and challenged him. Yeah. Uh, you know, because to some degree, we preach to the choir here, right? Yeah. I mean, people yeah. know your show. They know you. They know me now after this time. They kind of know what they're going to get. Although you yeah. have brought on liberals to get that yep. other perspective, like that one that you had to cut off the other day who, you know, everything eventually goes to racism and white supremacy and uh, white Are you talking privilege. about the, the female <laughs> guest we had on not too long ago? I had to cut her off because yep. she's spitting stupid nonsense on the show that shouldn't be heard, yeah. uh, you know, she's like, but You've got to well, expose that and you've, also, when get the chance, go on other shows to present our yeah. side of it on their shows that they're not getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, folks, this is this is becoming very, very personal, uh, you know, from these these two liberal goons. Uh, you know, I'm getting attacked now by these by these fucking leftist jackasses. And, you know, Joseph's making points on the show. 
He's getting attacked. I noticed the the fucking idiot put out a, a a freaking Instagram thing the other day saying, "Oh, I guess Michael had to go blow an old guy because the old guy is uh, is 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 st- uh, standing up for Michael." He's not. No, he's you're, Joseph. You're giving facts on the show that are true. Yes, we we true deal, facts. We deal in reality, and yeah. we present facts. To back up that reality, the left snowflakes, as usual, have their feelings. They can't deal in logic, reason, facts, and evidence. All that matter are their feelings. And at the top of the show when I came in and you accused me of being late when I was exactly on time. <laughs> I said, Joseph, I said, I, I sent you a uh, a thing uh, off the air saying, you know, if you can come in 10 minutes early, that way we can open up. I didn't Mr. see Edward. it because, and this okay, is what I'm okay. getting back to. I was spending the 30 minutes waiting yeah. for one o'clock to show begin writing yeah. My article for the LibertyBeacon.com for Saturday the 21st titled The Latest Wokeism Cries of Racism, White Supremacy, and Cultural Appropriation. Because somebody, yeah. my Der Bingle on Retalk, put forth a, 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 this insane notion. It's called The Science of Big Butts. You know, the thermix a lot. Science of Big Butts. No, seriously. And the left as usual, is dead serious about this stupidity. It is now racist and cultural appropriation. Michael, if you like women with big butts, you you can't do do that. That's cultural appropriation and white supremacy now. Seriously, like the Sir Mix-a-Lot song says in my reply, you can read the latest wokeism cries of racism. What's so What's so racist about that, Joseph? I yeah, think I'm giving you that. Shit, on the LibertyBeacon.com on the 21st of the out, and one of the things I put, if I can find it quickly, uh, is, um, oh, yeah, but, pun intended, is a big butt again b-u-t in quotations i joke again it's not about dna or culture it's about feelings and preferences as doctor think he has a phd in psychology and think that right sir mix said you know because this is going to be part parody laughing at this leftist manure I like big butts, an individual and personal preference. He doesn't say I'm genetically predispositioned to admire large booties. Why would he lie? After all, he even goes on to say, I like big butts and I cannot lie, right? Other than doesn't flow lyrically. (laughs) Yeah. I, I love big butts. I, so I mean, uh, your audience the bigger the barrier. Sneak preview of my article for the twenty first at thelibertybeacon.com. You know, yeah. and then I also go on to further joke because again, we need to laugh at these people, expose yeah. them through humor at how stupid they are. Do you oh, they're, play they're, an fucking, instrument, they're, they're out of control, Joseph. They're out of yeah. control and they need to be stopped because some of the shit that comes out of their mouth is just nonsense. Idiotic, yeah. radicalized nonsense. Yeah. Like Michael I was B. talking to a gentleman the other day. Hold on thought, Joseph. I was talking to a gentleman. I have to step in because if I don't, Joseph will 
carry the rest of the show. But I love him. Joseph is full of knowledge. But uh, <laughs> I was talking to a gentleman the other day. Okay. Um, I was over at the beach. I was trying to get some sun in and everything like that. And I was talking about, like, uh, the whole grooming thing and, you know, why it's important that Governor DeSantis signed this bill for the state of Florida. And, uh, and he agrees with me. He says, I, I, I applaud. I applaud Governor DeSantis for signing the bill. It's protecting our kids. It's protecting the parents that don't support this garbage because you have teachers out there that do support this grooming issue. And you you have teachers that are trying to institute it into their regular curriculum, you know, and yeah. and and we applaud Governor DeSantis for doing this. It's, it's a felony now, folks. If you get caught doing this stuff in the state of Florida, if you get caught bringing your child to a drag show, it's a felony. It's a class felony. Yeah. Yeah. Why, well, why yeah, I was going to ask you, Michael, do you play an instrument, a musical instrument? Why is that? Uh, well, I know you're a writer because I want to put together a band. And okay. the first song we're going to do in Weird Al Yankovic style oh, is a parody of, you know, the Lego movie, Everything is Awesome. Well, we're yeah. going to do a parody of the left, of the woke. Everything is racist, right? Because <laughs> that's their accusation. Everything is racist. And then go through the parody yeah. song of all the bullshit they consider racist. You know, you know, a, Joseph, it'll be you're like going to make me Inagata sound like uh, Charlie Sheen. It'll be like Inagata DeVita. It's going to be consumed one whole album side. You're going to make me, I don't know if you heard that because we kind of crossed over each other, but uh, you're going to make me sound like Charlie Sheen. Oh. <laughs> you know, with the jingles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, so I, I wanted to cl conclude with that last part there. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad we got this idiot off our radar, Joseph, you know, uh, hopefully, you know. Because some of the stuff he was saying was not very nice. It broke my fucking heart, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I can care less, yeah. guys. I'm teasing. It's a joke. You, you know, again, let me make a point on what you're yeah. saying. And to go to what you said there, you do have feelings and you do have a heart. I do. We on the right have brains and feelings. The leftists yeah. have no brains at all. The zombie has sucked them out. All they yeah. have are their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a heart. I do have feelings, guys. Um, and I also had respect for his paddle to continue the conversation. Uh, and what I mean by respect is I took it outside of my comforts of my home. I went into a little rough cut towards the end of it. So you kind of see me like the, the, the lighting is not the greatest uh, towards the last like 20, maybe 25 minutes of the of the show of his live stream that he had. Uh, because he was live streaming this guys on Twitch and live streaming it on YouTube, um, but I went outside. I con I concluded the episode because I wanted to hear what this jackass had to say. And uh, you know what what was quite quite baffling, Joseph. And I actually had to question uh, Soslin on this. After all this rhetoric that was coming out of his mouth, Soslin was literally. Uh, uh, in silence of all this. And it was actually getting me upset uh, yeah. because, you know, you have two liberal leftists now trying to put a conservative in the corner 
and you had another conservative that was just letting it, you know, kind of slip by. Yeah. You know, talk yeah, about, yeah. yeah, hold on, Joseph. Talk about, you know, trying to make a point. Folks, when, when you go on podcasts, whether you agree with their narrative or when you, or you don't, there's an opportunity that comes across that you may never get ever again. Okay. Whether 200 people are listening or 25,000 people are listening. That point that you don't make, that you don't allow yourself to get across the air, you're you're literally, what you know what you're doing for your own movement, right? Your own group, your own party, whether it's conservative or Republican, uh, you're, you're, you're letting it slip by and you're making a complete ass of yourself. And yeah, I, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, sauce drop the ball and yeah you you can't again especially when you're on a show in enter, enemy territory you can't be timid that's no. what they're trying to do that's what the left does they try to intimidate you into silence they want mm. you censored and shut up Terror strikes coming soon to a city near you is not just about foreign terrorists. It's about American fascocrats, as I call them, destroying Western culture from within. Yeah. So, you know, the book is important on many themes. And yeah, if I get the chance to express that elsewhere, you know, I do that. And that's why the left hates me. They've always hated me because I'm a conservative and I've written conservative blogs since before the Internet was even invented because I'm a yeah. former IT guy. But, yeah, they're trying to cancel culture. Terror strikes coming soon to a city near you. You could go on Amazon and see some of the troll negative reviews. They're, they're just attacks, personal attacks. Uh, it can't say verified purchaser next to somebody who bought the cheap Kindle version just to claim they read it, but yeah. it is clear they didn't read the book because yeah. they're making up ad hominem attacks, you know, the usual. that Well, Sauce did apologize. You were racist, apologize. Sexist, were yeah, racist so homophobic. You didn't read the book if you think it's homophobic or racist because I was yeah. on – the research show with Dawn Williams, a black oh, American wow. Muslim, and she has zero problem with my book. <laughs> wow. Why? Is she supposed to have a problem with your book, Joseph? Well, if, if I'm Islamophobic, obviously she would, right? I mean, on paper, <laughs> she's not. supposed to, right? Yeah, on paper, she's supposed to. But, yeah. you know, she's she apparently respects Joseph's uh, view and message on it. Um you know, here's the thing. You know, we did get an apology uh, apology from uh, from Sas. You know, right after that, because uh, I felt the need, folks, to uh, to address this issue a little bit further. We're going to conclude here because I know it's Joseph looking at the clock. Yeah, we're going to conclude here in a little bit, Joseph. But uh, see, I could I'm multitasking. That's pretty good, right, guys? <laughs> but uh, you know, we did get a we did get a uh, an apology from uh, uh, from Soslin because I felt the need to. Uh, uh, to create what was called a special Instagram live, uh, which is still available on my Instagram uh, with our good friend, uh, Frazier Chronicles, uh, David, uh, known as the preacher man. And folks, this is how I want to address this on the show. OK. The movement that 
not only did I create, you know, Joseph create thousands upon thousands of other uh, conservatives or what the liberal left uh, like to call us MAGA Republicans, right? <laughs> is real. Now, I created this Instagram live bonus segment uh, just to, to voice out my grievances on the show. OK, because I felt that I was attacked by these these idiots. OK, and I felt that my own conservative friend known as sauce didn't have my my back. Yeah. You know, I felt that he didn't have a backbone on the show. And I was glad that sauce actually joined that live stream because I, I, I wanted to ask sauce a question. And I did. And I said, sauce, damn it, man, you had an opportunity and you blew it. Yeah. Shortly after I said that, Fraser Chronicles comes right into the show. And, and he says, you know, Sas, it's a learning curve. You yeah. know, but Michael's right. I didn't invite Fraser Chronicles in, Joseph. He just came right in. That's, that's the difference between, you know, scripted shit and a movement that you create where yeah. people actually support and follow. And you, know? you made a key point, too. You and Sas are friends. You've known each yeah. other a long time. You shouldn't keep that in. You should address no. it with him. You yeah. did. And he realized he indeed was wrong for yeah. not what he did, but what he didn't do. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing, guys. If you're going to preach everything on your show and you're going to you're going to voice your opinion on your show, uh, not only to sauce, but guys, I want to make this message to anybody that has a podcast. OK, you know, if, if if you're a podcaster and you say things on your show and you don't stand behind that message, what is that going to tell your following? What is guys going to tell your base? Well, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you what it's going to say. It's going to say that you're full of shit. Yeah. You're that a fraud. You're, just a you're a phony. And, and you don't mean well. Yeah. You're a t you're saying it as a talk personality for clicks, but you may not actually believe yeah. the values and principles you were espousing there. And I, yeah. I've said it before on your show, me, Joseph and Leonard, Michael Gardner, what you see is what you get. We're the genuine article. Yeah. We're honest. We're honest. If we disagree on something, we're going to disagree on it. And we will respect each other for it uh, because we come from the same place of, of caring and concern for others, not yeah. just ourselves, unlike Tommy Nation and the <laughs> it's all about me crowd. I got a yeah. participation trophy. I'm special. I'm special. I'm special. Yeah, he's special. All right. He still Short thinks that there's nothing time. wrong with it. Short He's like, oh, there's time. nothing wrong with what the parents doing. They're 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 absolutely educating their children. Oh yeah, that that's what you call education. Give me a break. Give me a break, <laughs> guys. I'm going to conclude the show here. Uh, uh, thank you very much to our guest that joined us, uh, Mr. David Edward. Uh, you can find all his books on Amazon. Uh, just search David Edward. Uh, he pops right up. Uh, it's very hard that when you do search on Amazon for an author, usually it's hard to find the author. But a well-known author such as David Edward, I mean, all his books just pop right up. And a tremendous, tremendous uh, honor talking to him on the show. And it was actually interesting talking to uh, to two authors, actually, and they kind of intertwined each other, Joseph here and, you know, David, you know, because a man that's written 40-plus books versus – 
No offense, Joseph, a man that written two books. I was actually interested in hearing this one part from David saying that David actually took some advice from, from Joseph, <laughs> right? He was taking some notations. Yeah. That, that's great. A- actually, I, I have several dozen copyrights. It's just that. Well, I yeah, only you have, have copyrights, but yeah. Only, I, I two meant to... dozen, or only two internationally published pieces. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. International folks. We have to set the stage and put the notations where they, they need to be. Uh, Joseph is an international author of two books, but has, right. owns many, many I, I didn't uh, just. I didn't just wake up one day and say, terror strikes coming soon to a city near you. It was it's a dream. my first ever book, and I'm going to put it out there. It's been decades in the making. <laughs> I was going to say it was a dream. This came to a dream of, of Joseph. Where he, yeah, like he was dreaming yep. this, and, and, it, and the dream turned into reality. So that's great. Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. Guys, we're going to conclude here. I want to thank uh, everyone uh, that tuned in here on uh, Twitter Live. Uh, I noticed some people coming in. I didn't plug in for certain reasons because I got Joseph some of the nasty responses. I, I think we were attracting liberals today. I don't uh, know what it well, was. Well, I was expect. I was alluding to that earlier. I knew there'd be snowflakes melting down as anything that goes on yeah. on Twitter. I mean, they troll yeah. Twitter all day. They. They all claim, oh, Elon's ruining the platform. We're leaving. But the very next second, they're right back on there. <laughs> Sound like a turkey, yeah. Yeah. yeah Emotional yeah. hysterics. Again, yeah. no logic. Emotional no hysteria. Reason. Yeah, no logic, no reason, no facts. All emotional hysterics. My feelings are hurt. Yeah. Yeah, they're Where's feeling Where's my hurt. participation trophy? I need to hug it. All <laughs> <laughs> right. And speaking of sauce, sauce just reached out. I'm coming in right now. Sauce, we're closing up, buddy. You're supposed to come in an hour and 20 minutes ago. Next Wednesday, sauce. If you're going to listen to the show, obviously, yeah, Wednesday. You come in Wednesday if you want. Come on time. Not, not, not as we're closing it up. I, I, I can't give him enough airtime right now. We're now, closing yeah, it up. again we're closing though, Michael, is that actually? Real world time or Michael time? <laughs> it's Michael time. <laughs> Power Michael hour. Yes. So, so, and then I want to thank uh, the Twitch people. I'm beginning a lot of bots in from Twitch. I don't know what the, what it is with the bots. Uh, if you guys are real, I'll plug you guys name in miss Craven. Look at all these bots guys. Bot. there's another bot. Another bot. I think they're bots. They're trying to sell me something. They're gonna want to. They're gonna give me some promotions or something. I don't want promotions. I get enough promotions from Spotify, and Joseph gets promotions too for his book, <laughs> for being on shows and 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 doing other lines of work. So, anyway, guys, thanks very much. Remember, keep it savage, guys. And uh, I'm gonna.